Welcome to the second episode of the Paper Tiger podcast. The Paper Tiger is a student newspaper of Lick Wilmerding High School. This year, we've launched the podcast to give a behind-the-scenes look at how the paper functions and to discuss issues that are important to Bay Area youth. I'm Caroline Kreutzen, co-editor of the Paper Tiger Online. And I'm Gabe Castor-Root, co-editor-in-chief. On September 12th, a group of nearly 300 high school students gathered virtually for the Bay Area Youth Climate Summit. The event was organized by students at a variety of Bay Area high schools with the goal of connecting students over climate justice and activism. There were 16 workshops on climate change and environmental issues for participants to choose from, led by groups including the California Academy of Sciences, Fridays for Future, Youth vs. Apocalypse, and the Sunrise Movement. Joining us today are summit organizers Amelia Fortgang and Teresa Topete. Amelia was a summit chair and workshops co-lead, and Teresa was a workshops team member. Both of them are co-leads of Lick Wilmerding Environmental Club. We'll also hear from Ava Cerisi, a Lick freshman who is writing an article on the summit for the Paper Tiger. Amelia, Teresa, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks Thanks for having us. us. Um, We wanted to start with you, Amelia. Um, From our understanding, you were the lead organizer, so we just wanted to hear a little bit about your vision for the summit and what led you to plan to host an event like this. Yeah, so I, in May, I went to the Bronx Youth Climate Summit, and that was a really inspiring day of workshops and speakers, and I got to meet other youth attendees from all over the country, and that wouldn't have happened had it been in person and I thought it would be awesome to create a similar thing in the Bay Area um, since we're so sustainably minded and from the beginning we really wanted it to be solution focused since too often climate conversations really just center around the problem and they don't present solutions so we really wanted to make sure that attendees were able to take something away from the summit that was really palpable that they could just go into their schools and communities and do. So that is why we included the climate action planning portion. And so back in May, we obviously didn't know what the pandemic situation would look like in September. So at first, were you thinking about trying to do this in person? The plan was always to do it virtually, just since we wanted to make sure we would be able to do it and we didn't want to spend extra planning time on something that might not happen. And Teresa, why did you want to get involved? Um, Well, I initially got involved because I signed up to be an environmental club leader. Uh, They sent out like a form in the e-tiger and I was really interested. Um, And I also wanted to get involved because um, I was the only one from like a different grade um, who is an environmental leader. And I think it's really important just to get more like outreach uh, within our grade and some of the other um, people in the Lick community. Um, But specifically the um, Youth Climate Summit, I heard what Amelia just had planned and I thought that it was a super great opportunity opportunity, especially because it was going to be virtual this year. And I feel like that really helps to make it accessible to a lot of people. Um, And yeah, we got people from all over the US, one in like Massachusetts, I think, and a bunch of other people from different states. And I just thought that was amazing because even though it was very centered around the Bay Area, uh, we got outreach from a lot of different organizations and just could hear from so many different youth who were um, interested in getting involved with uh, climate justice. Yeah, and we actually had 14 different states represented overall, which was really awesome to see. Um, And they came from 88 schools, and we had 280 people, I think, in the end. 
So what did each of your roles look like, both while planning and preparing for the event and also on that day? Definitely Amelia was like the leader of everything. She did an amazing job. Um, I worked on the uh, workshops committee. And so like we helped uh, reach out to different organizations and ask them if they um, wanted to be workshop leaders. And that surprisingly took a lot more work than I expected initially. Um, it was really interesting just kind of working with uh, plant event planning on such a large scale um, and we probably reached out to like over 40 organizations and it's really difficult because you have to continuously like badger them sometimes uh, to reply to your emails and then just getting like everything confirmed and like obviously it's a really quick turnaround um, and then outside of that we also had like larger group meetings together um, and planned different things but yeah I would say my main role was on uh, the workshop planning committee and just reaching out to different organizations. Yeah, uh, I was also on the workshops team, so I did a bit of that as well. And then also as the chair of the summit, I ran meetings um, and coordinated with all the other teams to make sure everything was running smoothly. So I kind of did a bit of everything. Um, I did some social media work and some climate action planning work, um, but mostly my role was just to make sure that all of the pieces fit together and everyone on the team felt like they had a role in planning. Um, and both of you guys talked about these workshops. Would each of you mind like talking over like one or two workshops um, that you found interesting or that you've learned something like special from? Uh, yeah, definitely. So um, I I think most of us had to facilitate at least two workshops on the day. And so uh, one of the workshops I facilitated was for the uh, Sunrise Movement, which is an environmental justice um, movement that a lot of like youth are involved in. And I've also like done workshops with them in the past and like have affiliation. And so I was really like um, eye opening going to their uh, workshop because it was entirely uh, led by youth. It was the Lowell Hub. And so um, I think it was like five or seven Lowell students who just had like a presentation about how you can get involved in environmental justice and just like a little brief history about like um, just in general like civil rights movements and stuff and like how uh, like the people work to kind of make change like government wise and make like systematic change um, and it's just super valuable because I think obviously Lowell is like very um, like known school in the Bay Area and the fact that these uh, students were like ranging from like freshmen up until seniors and how involved they were and like how much impact they made and were like spreading this information to everyone um, I thought was super useful and just showed like how accessible um, climate, climate justice can be to everyone. And what do you hope participants take away from the summit and what can they apply going forward? Um, I would say, yeah, for me, I really hope that um, participants can kind of see that like everyone does have a voice in climate justice. And I think one of the like big emphasis, at least with the Sunrise Movement Workshop, was the fact that like, in a sense, climate justice is seen as something uh, for like people with a lot of privilege and that it shouldn't be that way. And that really anyone should be able to get involved and like have a voice, especially like communities of color and just marginalized communities in general. Um, and so I think like, I hope that people's like big takeaway is that even like small changes, whether that's personal change or more of systematic change is accessible to everyone in one way or another. Um, and even just by like getting involved and educating yourself is like one step in the right direction. And on your website, you talk a lot about climate action plans. So could you tell us a bit about what those are and how someone goes about making one? 
A climate action plan is a plan that attendees made to address climate change in their own school or community. Um, and that can be anything ranging from a clothing swap to a beach cleanup to a petition to have meatless Mondays at their school. Um, and we thought schools were a really accessible way for students to make change because they're fairly large institutions where youth already have a voice. Um, and so if you're changing something within your school, you're changing it for 500 to 1,000 or more people. Um, because it's really hard to make change as just one person because as youth, we can't vote. Uh, we're not in decision-making offices. And we, um, we don't have economic spending power, so we can't really control the economy in that way. So making change within our schools is a way that we can make, make change beyond just the personal level of maybe not using a straw or going vegetarian. Um, that really has a bigger impact. Um, so I feel like you kind of touched on this just now, but why was your summit geared toward youth in particular? As you mentioned before, there's like a particular lack of power that youth seem to have in our societal system sometimes. So what is special or important about youth climate activism? Um, I think just like uh, a little to kind of touch on what Amelia was talking about. Um, I think like there's this like misconception that um, environmental justice or like um, I guess climate change justice can only really be fueled by adults. And I would like definitely argue with that just because youth or like our um, upcoming generation are the ones who have to face all of the impacts of like what these big corporations are doing or like what everyone like um, is kind of doing to like destroy our planet, I guess. And so I think that it definitely should be geared towards youth because we're the ones who have to deal with the impact. and even if it's just making a small change right now, like we are moving in the right direction, if youth kind of know that they do have a voice and they do have power, especially like if we work as a unit to try and um, kind of combat these injustices. And I think that we as youth see climate change and a lot of other issues in a much more urgent way because we're really the first generation to grow up seeing climate change like right in front of our eyes. Like even in the Bay Area right now, it's really smoky outside for me. And I know there was that one day that it looked almost apocalyptic and the skies were orange. Um, and so we're really, we grow up seeing this all around us. And so it is, should never have been our responsibility to be the ones to fix it. But now some of the responsibility has fallen for us, fallen to us, but it is now our opportunity really to be the ones to fix it. So I'm curious what each of you made of that orange apocalypse day. Because on the one hand, you could look at that and say, all these disasters are happening around us. This summit is more important and urgent than ever. But you could also look at it and say, well, there are all these disasters happening around us. What's my, my personal climate action plan actually going to do? So how do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think like just initially waking up to orange skies was like insanely, um, you know, scary and just really unfamiliar to me. I remember waking up and thinking it was a dream and going back to sleep and hoping that I'd wake up and the sky was clear, um, but obviously that didn't happen. And yeah, I think that it definitely could, you know, get to everyone. I know for a little bit, I kind of thought about it. It's like, yeah, what is my small thing gonna really do? Is this gonna make any sort of change? Like how, how can like just me as an individual make really any difference? Um, but I think it's also too important to think about like just in general, like our youth summit brought in like, yeah, over 280 people. 
And obviously, like on a wide scale, that's not a lot of people, but so many different individuals who were interested and wanted to hear more about like climate justice. And then those individuals have families and they have friends who they can talk about and they can educate. And then it just becomes super widespread. Um, and to hear that not even everyone who attended the summit um, was from the Bay Area was super interesting to me. And I think really um, makes me have hope for the future and to see that so many people do treat this with such urgency and are genuinely interested in um, how they can kind of better the world. Um, I do see it as like a pivotal point. Um, and then even like looking through my Twitter feed, I could see that people from all over the world um, were concerned about the orange skies in the Bay Area or in California. Um, and so I think that that really does help spread the word and get more people involved. So I think in a way it could be a kind of hopeful thing. Agreed. It seemed like people really cared a lot more about climate change, especially on that day, and that might have motivated some people to actually sign up for our summit. Um, and at least for me, when I was trying to do my math homework and then I would look outside, my unit circle suddenly seemed a lot less important than what was going on outside my window. Um, and I think that was the case, honestly, for a lot of youth. Um, and so the summit really did come at the right time where people were very motivated to go back to their families or schools and try to create a positive impact. Speaking of like a continued impact, now that the summit's over, where do you guys plan on going from here? Um, what are some steps that either of you um, want to take next? Well, as a summit group, we're definitely planning to stay engaged with our audience because we brought together a very large group of students who all connected with each other and are now motivated to do things in terms of the environment. So we're gonna host um, some standalone workshops over the year from environmental justice and other climate organizations. Um, and we're also really planning to stay connected with people's climate action plans because we as the summit are here to support them in anything we need. And we really do hope that they follow through with those plans. Yeah, and kind of jumping off of that, I think that um, it was so valuable to see that uh, students from like all over the Bay Area, we had people from university and urban and uh, soda and just all sorts of other schools um, within the Bay Area who wanted to join um, the planning team for the Youth Climate Summit. Um, and so I think we definitely want to keep connected with them. And like Amelia was saying, follow up on all the climate action plans. And then even personally, um, follow up on the one that Lick uh, made and specifically try to kind of like promote less food waste in the calf and just work on different things within the Lick community um, just to kind of make our own campus more sustainable. What is the climate action plan that Lick made? Um, it's still in the works, but um, at least, so we like divided the, uh, all of the LIC attendees into four groups and three out of the four groups uh, designed a plan that related to um, like smaller portions in the calf and trying to kind of have more sustainable options. Um, and so we're really gonna try to kind of craft a plan that um, one uh, promotes less food waste, but also just kind of keeps track of portion size, where we're sourcing our food, making sure that everything is like locally sourced, um, and then maybe assessing like the amount of money that we spend on some of our products and seeing how we can shift um, a little bit to, yeah, have less like waste in general. And talking about LIC, both of you guys are in, uh, leaders of, of LIC's environmental club. What does the club plan to do this year? just in general related to climate activism? Um, we're really hoping to continue, make the, our climate action plans we created during the summit into club projects that we can continue to work on over the year together. 
Um, and so we really want people to work on what they're passionate about. And we also want to connect them with the greater Bay Area environmental community. Um, and so we're thinking of maybe building a living wall, having beach cleanups, um, other things like that, but also um, maybe doing some community education and other climate related outreach. Ava Ceresi is joining us as she writes her article on the Youth Climate Summit after attending the event two weekends ago. Ava, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So you've been interviewing organizers and participants, people who were at the Climate Summit. What have you learned so far while reporting on this story? Well, first off, I've learned how much work really goes into these sorts of events. The organizers worked on the summit for months throughout their whole summer, and they used an intricate application process. So it took a while, and there was a lot of work that was put into it. Um, I also learned that a really important part of the climate activism is getting involved, and that there's no rule that you really need to start your own organization or become some worldwide known person. You just need to do a little bit of research and put in some effort. And this taught me that the only thing really stopping you from making change is yourself and kind of excuses that you learn to validate after a little bit of time. When you were at the summit, what workshops did you attend and what do you feel like you got out of the workshops? Okay, so I attended in the morning, I attended the Youth Environmental Entrepreneurs Panel. So that panel focused on getting insight into experiences of other successful youth activists and using what you learned from their journeys to become inspired to create change. And from that panel, I feel like I got a newfound sense of inspiration to get out there and make change in my community especially after seeing what other youth accomplished because they recognized an issue and decided to make change. The panel I attended after, or the workshop I attended after lunch was the Fashion Revolution workshop, which was focused specifically on kind of just the massive amounts of waste created in the material goods industry and how it's not only an environmental issue, but also a social justice issue. And in that workshop, I was awakened to how closely related the climate crisis and social injustice really are. And I learned that climate change is a lot more than just melting ice caps and polar bears, but it's also unfair treatment in the workplace, health threats for people experiencing poverty, and many more things that we don't really see right away. So how do you plan to use what you learned there going forward in your own life? What are some next steps that you want to take um, with climate activism in your own life? Well, I plan to use my new knowledge to inspire me to get involved because I've understood now that it's not really your age or your amount of experience or whatever else you've started believing to be true that's stopping you from getting out there. It's just you. So now that I know that, I can acknowledge when I begin to make excuses for myself and touch back on what really matters. And I hope that after realizing that, I can become more successful in creating that change in my community from now on. 
Thanks for listening to the Paper Tiger podcast. To learn more about the Youth Climate Summit and find out how you can get involved, visit their website at baycs.org. Make sure to tune in to our next episode and follow LW Paper Tiger on Instagram or visit our website lwhspapertiger.org for more content.